Welcome to episode 214 of the Truth Quest podcast. The truth about the secret ivermectin miracle, Uttar Pradesh. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and you see discussions going on about ivermectin, the COVID vaccine, the Second Amendment, or anything about the Constitution, please share the Truth Quest podcast with your friend. Tell them to browse the episode titles and dive into whatever topics pique their interest. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at Instagram.com forward slash TruthQuestPodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment to give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest Podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for the link to that patronage page. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. I'm going to give you the punchline right here at the beginning of the episode so you can take the rest of the content in with that in mind. Health officials around the world, not just in the United States, purposely censored and withheld data from their citizens on cheap, safe, and effective treatments for COVID-19. They prefer that people die rather than provide them with information about these cheap off-label repurposed drugs that were highly effective against the ravages of COVID-19. In essence, government and government agencies around the world, the World Health Organization, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and many other organizations are guilty of crimes against humanity on a scale never seen before. And they have done such a good job hiding their malfeasance that many of you listening to this episode are hearing this for the first time. Now, I want to make you aware of two complimentary episodes that I've published in the past that you may want to check out as part of this episode. Episode 167, The Truth About Ivermectin, will be eye-opening for many of you. And episode 179, The Truth About Anthony Fauci, The Corrupt One-Trick Pony, will also provide you with some background. In this episode, we're going to document the secret ivermectin miracle in the North Indian state of 231 million people called Uttar Pradesh, where they eradicated COVID with an ivermectin treatment program, representing one of the greatest public health achievements in history. Just so you understand, if Uttar Pradesh were a country, it would be the sixth largest in the world, 231 million people. Keep in mind, the United States is only 331, under the leadership of a very popular chief minister, Yogi Adathan, a Hindu monk, they were able to eradicate COVID from this very large state. In March 2020, Yogi convened and chaired throughout a committee of 11 senior government officials tasked with managing different aspects like surveillance, contract tracing, testing and treatment, door-by-door delivery, issues with migrants, communication strategies, etc. This committee was widely known as Team 11. The program was known as TTT, Test, Track, Treat. The entire success of the TTT program relied on the massive distribution of ivermectin to 97,000 villages using 400,000 healthcare workers working in teams that performed the most testing in all of India. During COVID, the government itself made over 10,000 calls a day to follow up on citizens ill with the virus. Even hospitalized citizens were getting calls to make sure they were okay and getting the care they needed. 
As I mentioned, in March 2020, Uttar Pradesh immediately adopted hydroxychloroquine for use in prevention of COVID for all its healthcare workers, as well as household contacts of all laboratory-confirmed cases. Contrast that with the United States medical establishment's response to Trump's use of hydroxychloroquine, a disinformation campaign, censorship, and threatening of pharmacists and doctors who prescribed it. Again, crimes against humanity. In August 2020, Uttar Pradesh switched their protocol to ivermectin after an experiment in one of their cities. The head of the state's rapid response team units had decided to study the ivermectin usage as a preventive agent based on reports from a veterinarian. Here are some of the key findings. The doctor recounted that early on, he administered ivermectin to local health staff members, finding that, quote, none of them developed COVID-19 regardless of being in day-by-day contact with sufferers They took their experiments to state headquarters and asked a technical team to look into it. It recommended that it be tried across the state as a prophylactic. Now notice, their goal is always the well-being of their people. In America, however, the goal was always big pharma profits. So Uttar Pradesh immediately started administering ivermectin to close contacts of positive cases in the district and noticed profoundly positive results. Based on these observations, the state health authorities gave the green light to use off-label ivermectin, not only in prevention, but in treatment. In early 2021, in the first truly disturbing sign that global forces of censorship were being deployed, a month after the launch of the Utah Pradesh new ivermectin-based COVID programs, the WHO posted a document called Learnings from the State of Utah Pradesh. The WHO glowingly detailed the comprehensiveness, sophistication, and resources invested by Uttar Pradesh into their TTT program. Neither the words ivermectin or treatment are mentioned in the WHO document, not even once. After the launch of this TTT program in August of 2020, Uttar Pradesh's COVID death rates started to come down over the next two months, And by November, they had the sixth lowest rate of death in India. On the day that they launched the program back in August, they were tied for 16th. So after the first wave, by January 2021, India had pretty much gone quiet, given that death rates from COVID were plummeting across the country. Then came the Delta variant wave, which was escalated even more by the millions of migrant workers that flocked into Uttar Pradesh and other large Indian regions. The Delta wave started to wreak havoc in India beginning in February of 2021. The crisis led television broadcasts and newspaper headlines across the world. So what did India's federal agencies do in response to this historic crisis? They again did the right thing, unlike in the United States. On April 22nd, the health minister and several Indian medical research facilities updated the National COVID Treatment Protocol. The new protocol recommended ivermectin and budesonide, for all patients with a mild case of COVID. Get this, they even recommended it for three to five straight days. Again, contrast that response to the United States, where ivermectin was repeatedly called a horse dewormer. For the enemies of ivermectin, which are many, this was not good. What was going on in Uttar Pradesh in across India was not good. Again, the world's second largest country recommending ivermectin to over a billion people This absolutely freaked out the WHO and, by extension, Big Pharma and Bill Gates. So Uttar Pradesh started to get hit and hard. 
They went from 300 cases a day to two weeks later in early April to 2,500 cases a day, then up to 40,000 by the end of April. Note that the United States would have loved to have just had 40,000 cases in a day. Then, almost as soon as the number of cases spiked, they dramatically dropped to close to nothing. The reason why is because of the aggressive response of Utah Pradesh's Team 11. First, they increased the number of healthcare workers to move aggressively to perform testing throughout the state. They ended up deploying 400,000 healthcare workers in over 142,000 teams, along with 22,000 supervisors within a structure of 60,000 surveillance committees. As detailed in many news articles, they were already distributing over a million ivermectin doses bi-weekly to over a million healthcare workers since August of 2020. The teams then proactively visited homes, testing COVID-symptomatic individuals using their rapid antigen tests. Those who tested positive were isolated and given a medicine kit containing ivermectin with clear-cut instructions. They also began screening all incoming migrants at bus stations, airports, and train stations. By May 15th, they had conducted over 43 million tests. Due to the millions of migrant workers bringing Delta into the state, this led to one of the highest infection rates in India per 100,000 people. Although this case rate was one of the highest in India during that massive migration period, note that the death rates per 100,000 was one of the lowest. Again, recall how in the United States, how government officials and the alphabet soup conspiracy media always focused on infection rates. Do you remember a fixation on the number of flu cases each year? No, of course not, because that doesn't matter. Death matters, not infections. In the U.S., the fear porn of the infection rates was used to push the experimental vaccine on the population. How did they accomplish such low death rates compared to the case rates? Well, as I've already mentioned, they went all out in informing the public and what needed to be done to keep them healthy. They published in major newspapers clear instructions on how to treat COVID. That response is unheard of in the United States. Publishing a list of treatments in a major media outlet? Hell, the only way to get information back then, and to a certain extent still today, is to go directly to websites of organizations like Frontline Doctors or monitor news feeds from sites like Epoch Times, LewRockwell.com, and the Gateway Pundit, all of who regularly publish studies from around the world on COVID treatments. And guess what the result was of this rapid response team's efforts in Uttar Pradesh? Cases started to drop precipitously. Based on data from John Hopkins University, on April 26th, they had 33,000 cases, which decreased to 18,000 just two weeks later. Then, two weeks following that, at the end of May, the cases dropped to just under 600 cases a day. Again, we're talking about a state with 231 million people and massive testing efforts underway. Only 600 cases a day, while the rest of India was still raging with Delta. That, my friends, should be the end of the story. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that a model for the rest of the world to mimic? Nope. Not when Big Pharma finances everything, including federal health agencies in the U.S., the WHO, and it doesn't matter to lunatics like Bill Gates, whose level of influence over world health remains diabolical. Dr. Pierre Corey, who has written a ton about Uttar Pradesh, put it this way. By August, September of 2021, I maintain that one of the greatest public health achievements in history was realized in Uttar Pradesh. 
The significance of this achievement cannot be overstated, given that one of history's most highly contagious aerosol-transmitted viruses had essentially disappeared from within the borders of a massive Indian state of 231 million people. Then he pointed out an article from the Histostan Times on September 10th, which reported the following. 67 of Uttar Pradesh's 75 districts do not report a single case of new COVID in the previous 24 hours. That would be like 44 states in the United States not reporting a new case at the same time. Think about that for a second. The article goes on. In 33 districts, there has not been a single active case. That would be like the U.S. having 22 states without any residents being actively ill with COVID. Again, think about that for a second. It goes on. In a state of 231 million people, there were only 199 active cases. Dr. Corey goes on. You know what I want you to do with that information? The United States has more monkeypox now than Utah Pradesh has had COVID since. He goes on to call the United States a clown world. The article goes on. In the previous 24 hours, there had only been 11 new COVID-19 cases in Utah Pradesh. Again, 11 cases among 231 million people. This occurred despite 226,000 tests having been conducted in that same 24-hour period. And finally, the article points out, on September 20th, out of the previous 2.5 million tests in Utah Pradesh, there were only 201 positive, a rate of 0.007%, which again is effectively zero. By this time, 57 districts in the state were without an active case of COVID. So I think it's worth a couple minutes to compare Utah Pradesh's response and results to a couple other states in India who went a different path. Two Indian states that very publicly removed ivermectin from use. One's called Tamil Nadu, and the other one is Kerala. On May 14, 2021, amidst the onslaught of Delta Wave, the chief minister of Tamil Nadu decided to remove ivermectin from the state's protocols in favor of remdesivir and the vaccine, just like in the United States. The same thing happened in the state of Kerala. They had already taken ivermectin out of their protocol in August of 2020 after having earlier limited its use to advanced cases only. During Delta, they started vaccinating hard. Two months after the peak of Uttar Pradesh's Delta wave in July, Corella reported over 22,000 new COVID infections over a three-day period. No other state in India was even close to the 10,000 mark. Corella continued to have a majority of new daily cases and almost 25% of India's daily deaths, despite a population of just 34 million, less than 3% of India's total population. What could they have been doing wrong? Note that with the exception of a few days in January 2022, in the past 12 months, the daily death rates per 100,000 in Uttar Pradesh is zero. Meanwhile, in the United States and other Western countries, where the only answer from our one-trick pony health officials and elected officials was the vaccine, which is itself causing deaths and adverse effects in millions of individuals around the globe. Again, we are talking about crimes against humanity here. Just to give you some context, there were other countries that deployed successful early ivermectin programs like Paraguay, Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, Philippines, and Peru, among others. The astonishing news from Utah Prakash should have been on the cover of every major newspaper and on every website across the world. Instead, we were treated with unprecedented levels of censorship. 
Back to that extensive article in the Histondan Times I mentioned a couple minutes ago. It essentially reported that Utah Pradesh's test, track, and treat program had ended the pandemic within the state. And as Dr. Pierre Gorey put it, that achievement to me is as newsworthy as any discovery with potential to change life across the globe, akin to the discovery of penicillin. Yet again, ivermectin was not mentioned in that particular article. Even in India, even among the tremendous success of Uttar Pradesh, article after article was written about the success without the word ivermectin being mentioned. Given the reality of the world's second largest country now systematically deploying ivermectin against COVID, Big Pharma had to do absolutely everything possible to suppress, distort, and dismiss the idea that ivermectin was effective. Recall that aside from hydroxychloroquine, never has a single generic repurposed drug threatened more financial interest, hundreds of billions of dollars, given the sum of the markets for the vaccine. Next, the WHO starts to take insane actions against ivermectin. Remember that on March 31st, 2021, they had already updated their recommendations to not recommend ivermectin, despite dozens of trials showing massive mortality benefits. A chief scientist at the WHO even cited a bulletin of pure propaganda by pharmaceutical companies to complete her assigned task of recommending against ivermectin in the midst of her country's crisis. An organization called the Indian Bar Association quickly filed criminal charges against her for the information she was setting forth, accusing her of a crime which apparently included the possibility of a death penalty. She quickly deleted her tweet contained the anti-ivermectin information. You may be asking why. Why suppress the information about remedies like ivermectin? Specifically in the United States, the COVID-19 vaccines were approved under something called emergency use authorization. Well, guess what disqualifies a drug from emergency use authorization? If there are known treatments available. You mean like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? Yes, sir. So in order to force the experimental vaccine down the throats or down the arms of Americans, the emergency use authorization had to be preserved at all costs. That meant massive censorship, massive disinformation, massive free speech and First Amendment violations via collusion between the federal government and big tech, all at the behest of Big Pharma as they raked in billions in profits. All of this leads back to one thing, and I never want you to forget this, crimes against humanity. How many people do you know who died from COVID while hooked up to a ventilator being pumped full of antibiotics and kidney-killing remdesivir, never being offered and or maybe never being aware of early treatments like ivermectin? How many of your doctors violated their Hippocratic oath of do no harm by withholding cheap safe and effective treatments like ivermectin. And you know what? I don't want to hear any of this bullshit about, well, if they didn't go along with their employer, you know, the big healthcare systems that were taking their marching orders and money from the federal government, Fauci and Big Pharma, rather than treating their patients with life-saving treatments, they would be fired. I don't know what I would have done, but the least that many of these doctors could have done is become whistleblowers and feed information to news outlets that re report on the crimes against humanity happening in ICU units around the country and around the world. What lessons can be learned from the secret ivermectin miracle in the whole COVID episode? Number one, decentralization should always be the goal. You never want one source of truth, so to speak. 
the WHO, Fauci, Big Pharma, the CDC, the NIH, even in India where they have centralized government agencies. Instead, you want thousands of doctors performing thousands of experiments searching for the best treatments. And you want their results widely discussed and debated. You want all of that information in the hands of the end users, the patients, you and me. After all, it's our body, our choice, right? Give us the information. That's all we want. Check out episode 182, The Truth About Decentralization, for a deep dive into that very important concept. And the second lesson that I would take away from this whole COVID episode and the secret ivermectin miracle that no one ever heard of, never ever trust your health to a doctor who draws a paycheck from one of the big healthcare system employers. They are not permitted to think for themselves and offer their patients the best care. They must follow orders even if that means committing crimes against humanity, and they knowingly or unknowingly withhold life-saving information from their patients. They would rather watch them die, suffocating to death with pneumonia. And that's the truth about the secret ivermectin miracle, Utar Prakash.